Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steffi. I'm excited to be joined today by Dave Diani, the head coach of Iowa soccer. Dave, thanks for joining me. Thanks very much for the invite, John. So you're coming off, well, going back two seasons, a Big Ten tournament title in spring 2021, then 5-4-1 in conference in fall 2021. What's in store here for 2022? Well, I think, um, you know, going back just one one season, I think, you know, when you win 12 games and you finish tied for fourth in the Big Ten and it doesn't get you in the, in the NCAA tournament because of RPI points, I think what was really important to us was, uh, you know, and that's a great season. Anytime you can finish fourth in the Big Ten, uh, you, you've done really well. So for us, you know, it was we had to, beef up our schedule a little bit you know and we had to uh try to take control of our rpi and uh make sure that you know whatever the performance was going to be on the field that would be enough to get us in the ncaa tournament and we didn't want to rely on the rpi anymore so we play ucla we play kansas play depaul um our big 10 schedule is very strong so that was the first thing um you know, I think we're five days in, we're six days in from yesterday's game. And um, that's, that's not enough to really get a great impression of our team, especially when we don't have them in the summer for workouts, but um, initial impressions, I think uh, some of the, some of the newcomers are going to be impactful this year for us. Uh, you saw that yesterday um, that three or four, of the, the uh, newcomers grad transfers were, were impactful on the score sheet. Uh, you know, some of our own grad COVID grad uh, players that stayed, Haley Ryberg, Sarah Whedon, Monica Wilhelm, um, Cassidy Formanek, uh, Josie Durr, some of those players were impactful as well. So, but yet I think we might have a couple of young players that were going to come in and uh, help balance up the roster and contribute. So uh, I like our team, but it's still a little bit early, but uh, we only have two weeks before we play UCLA. So we better figure it out. You know, real easy start to the schedule there, only going at UCLA. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, we needed to ramp up our schedule. Um, we do have a player or two from California. We always want to, you know, try to bring them back uh, home. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, we we need to challenge ourselves to 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 play opponent, you know, opponents that are that are going to be in the NCAA tournament all the time that have spent time in the final four. I believe that success breeds success. And when you, when you challenge yourself and you, you know, you, you learn more about yourself than winning, you know, losing two, one, losing one, zero tying one, one versus beating somebody six, nothing. I think you learn more about yourself. Um, you know, when games are tight, when you're challenged in adversity and the margin for error at this level, um, it's very small. And that's when you learn a lot about the tactics and the players that you, you know, can uh, be successful. And I'm sure RPI aside from that too, that does do a wonder in terms of preparing for the Penn States and the Wisconsin's of the big 10. Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we speak a lot about the process invite investing in the process, getting better every day. I think, you know, the schedule is set up, you know, to have some success if we can win games um, but in the end of the day, if we're not getting better every day and we're not doing, we're not, you know, attentive to the little things, 
um, and that's on and off the field, then we're probably not going to, you know, it won't matter. The RPI won't matter. We're not going to win enough games. We're not going to get better, you know, from practice to practice. We're not going to um, grow as a, as a group, as a team, as a family. So uh, the RPI matters. Uh, the, the, the strength of schedule matters in terms of who we play, but internally it's, you know, our investment in the process is what's going to be the most important to Iowa soccer this year. And then how important is it to have somebody like Josie Durr step up after missing last season with an injury? Well, it's, it's, it's important for her, first of all, that she can gain confidence in her body and that she's, um, she's uh, found a bit of, uh, of, of uh, confidence in, in her play and her body and uh, her performance. Um, she's only going to get better. I thought she looked fantastic for 30 minutes. Uh, that was by design. I thought she looked great, but I think we gotta we gotta push that, and we gotta we gotta let her grow and build her confidence. Um, but it's it's important for our team. She arguably was our best player a year ago uh, when she got hurt, and um, that says a lot because we have some really good players. And but she was playing really well, and she was impactful to our team. And she has experience. There's no, there's no, there's no trade-off for experience at this level. And so um, we're ecstatic that she's back. We're happy that she had a great starting point to her, her, uh, her season, but uh, we know that there's more to come and we're going to work on trying to, trying to un, uh, un, unearth that for her. And then what about somebody like grad transfer, Carolyn Hallinan? Sounds like she had a nice debut in that Northern Illinois exhibition. What do you think she can contribute? And obviously a difficult transition going up to the big 10 level too. Yeah. I mean, we knew, I, I knew she was a good player. Um, some players, some coaches that I knew played against her as well. Uh, we had a bit of a connection from the program, Courtney Powell, who played last year, a grad transfer from Iowa state. Her cousin is, was the assistant coach there at Northern Michigan Darian Powell. So I had a lot of information on Caroline, but you never know how they're going to translate from division two to the big 10. And there are some things that she's, uh, that are still, you know, she needs, she needs to be brought up to speed on, you know, defending rotation and speed of the game and speed of movement, but there's no arguing. She's a very talented player. And, uh, we know that she strikes the ball very well with two feet. She's excellent in the air and she's got a really great soccer IQ. And when you have those as a foundation and you're passionate about the game, you're going to catch up. So that, that was never in doubt. Um, she's going to have some ups and downs, you know, as the season goes on, but she's going to have more ups than she will have downs because she's a very good player. And she, along with Josie, along with Haley Ryberg, Sarah Wheaton, Cassidy Formanek, um, Monica Wilhelm, our, our grad transfers, Kendall Anderson, who I thought played well, but didn't get on the score sheet yesterday. All of those are fifth year, six year players. They're going to be invaluable as we dig into these games. And then you were mentioning some younger players who could step up. Who are some of those people that you really think can take that next step? Well, I think, um, you know, you know, I, I'd be remiss to say Sam Carey, who's a senior is, is got to be in that group that we, she's not a grad transfer, but she's a four-year starter. So she'll, she'll lead with us in that space and as well, Riley Fetty and uh, Addie Bundy. But, um, you know, I think uh, Kellen Fife 
is a player that will play uh, good minutes for us. She came in early in gra- you know, graduated high school early. She'll play either up top or play at the back. Ellie Otto is a Mississippi State transfer. Um, she's from Grand Rapids. I, I know her club coach very well. She had a really great game last night um, as well. Didn't get on the score sheet, but hit hit the crossbar and was dangerous and a pest, quite honestly. Um, Camille Welker will be somebody who will fit, um, you know, help us uh, with depth and play minutes as a right back. So I think, you know, Kenzie Rowling, who didn't play yesterday, who from Waverly Shell Rock, who has set the, the, the high school record for goals, scored six goals last year. She just is coming back into form, probably won't play for another week. So um, we have a good mixture of old and young, and uh, it's my job to put the people in the right, right places to be successful. And then how much of a difference has it made to have the upgraded soccer facilities? Well, you know, I think it's, you know, in turn, you know, first off, it's a functional facility for the team themselves. You know, everybody talks about recruiting and that that's absolutely part of it, but it's the players that are here right now that get to use it. And it really, quite honestly, it gives them a home, gives them a place to be able to learn from. Uh, we have a video room. It gives them a, a place to be able to have a team meals after every after every practice. Um, they have cryo tubs to be able to regen their bodies. Um, they have a place for academics. So it, it takes a lot of the traveling through the beautiful campus of Iowa City. Um, they get to have a lot of their home at one place. So functionally, it's great. But recruiting wise, I mean, it sells itself. You know, we, you know, we, when we have official visits and they get to go through this building and see what, you know, it really gives them a, a glimpse and a picture of what's to come if they come to Iowa. And uh, they see that donors care about women's soccer and the school cares about women's soccer and they want uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes women's soccer program to be successful. And for that to happen, we need resources and we need facilities. And so we're, I'm very appreciative of our anonymous uh, lead donor uh, that helped get it, you know, the project off the off the ground. But then we had 12 to 15 other others come flying in uh, along with alumni. So um, it was a, it was a whirlwind eight nine months. But that building is uh, really it's really finished off a project of you know that's been about five years in making out there, the windscreens, the backstops, the benches. And we're, we have a video board coming uh, in a month. So that will finish up that project and that make that a stadium. So that'll be your, well, that a month, that's getting pretty close to the home opener there. I'm assuming you'll have a few games without it. We're, we're going to have, quite, yeah, half the season for sure. But with COVID and uh, delays and workforce and supplies, it pushed it back. So we're hoping uh, October 1st and, uh, you know, gives gives our student athletes, you know, a sense of pride. Um, I know they're humble. They appreciate the opportunity to play in that that stadium. But um, but it, but they're also they deserve it, too. They work really hard. And then you still have a lot of those people from that Big Ten tournament title team. How helpful is it from a culture standpoint to have people in the room that have experienced that level of winning? I think it's invaluable. I think I can remember when we were playing in that season, we were one and six and, uh, or maybe one, six and one and had lost 
two or three really close games. Um, and I, I think the last one was Penn State, of which we lost 1-0 and arguably should have tied, if not, if not, you know, one, but probably tied would have been a fair result. And they're looking at me and they were still bought in and they were bought in and it was about the process. And they were looking at me, when are we going to win? We're working really hard. And I, I, I felt their pain, but, but it wasn't our time yet. We, we had more to give. And so that experience, when things go bad, both as a coaching staff and as players, that we know that if we keep investing and we keep getting better and, and we keep looking at ourselves and how we can impact the group and our own performance, um, to have people to say, hey, I was here when we were 1-6-1 and one, and we went on a run where we won six out of seven games, that, that, is, that is valuable. That is gold uh, with those who haven't done that. And, um, that's credibility. So, um, I'll be turning to them to tell stories whenever those things occur. Well, Dave, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I had a great time. And for fans tuning into this, their home opener will be August 25th against Kansas. Oh, please come out. It's going to be a great game. My next guest on the Hawk Off the Press podcast is Lisa Salucci, Iowa field hockey head coach. Lisa, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much, John. So glad to be back and getting ready to talk another season of Iowa field hockey. So you have an experienced roster this year. If I was counting right, seven fifth-year players? Yes, seven fifth-year players. So with that, do you remind them of that Elite Eight loss from the year before? Or is that Uh, motivation already there it's already I mean I definitely don't even have to remind them it's it's been stinging since uh the loss happened in late November um and they've been training all spring to get ready to you know try to try to even go a step further and you know all of those seniors they've they were on the team prior in 2020 when we went to the final four. So they know, they know the feeling and they know the margin of error that it, you know, that you just missed that by. So they know the details required to get us back to that spot. And then I was joking with Dave about how he has the nice, easy start of just simply (laughs) going on the road to UCLA. You don't exactly have a picnic either going playing Wake Forest and North Carolina in Winston Salem North Carolina. Yep. I know. I'll tell you what, John, for years and years, because this is the 21st year of this big 10 ACC challenge. And we always open with wake and UNC and typically UNC is the number one team in the country and wakes definitely in the top 10. And everybody around Iowa athletics is like, what are you doing? Does someone need to teach you how to schedule? I'm like, no, actually this is like very purposeful. It catches our team's attention right away. And, um, you know, it gives us great motivation to train with, um, and, you know, you, you go into that, obviously, always hoping to try to go two and two, two and oh, you got to at least go one and one um, with how it helps with your RPI. But, yeah, this should be a doozy down at Wake Forest. Uh, you know, we've beaten Wake probably the last five years that we've opened this Big Ten ACC challenge. And now they finally get to host. So they are gunning for us. Um, and I think North North Carolina is, too, as we we were able to upend them uh, last year in the Big Ten ACC challenge. So. And the great thing about the, the North Carolina game, it's going to actually be on ESPN. Um, and so that, that is going to be super exciting for us. You know, North Carolina, you have a little bit of history with them going back to, is it 2019 and 2020, if I have my two years yes. correct? 
Yes. Yes. I mean, we, we, again, we've been playing them opening weekend for years and years and years, but 2019, uh, you know, we had to go play them in the elite eight to go to the final four and they just edged us. And then 2020, we played them in the, in the final four at their place They had an unbelievable home field advantage, but again, a really close game. So we're super familiar with them and we are just excited to, to go toe to toe with them. I will say they are, they are stacked this year as they always are, but they again also have returning seniors taking their COVID year and Aaron Matson, best player in the country by far. So um, it's going to be quite a competition. And then kind of switching gears a little bit to Big Ten, obviously, you know, it's nice to have a Big Ten title. Um, is that something that you think you can repeat? You know, I do. We, you know, every year within Iowa Field Hockey, our goal is to win a Big Ten championship, uh, Big Ten tournament championship, go to the Final Four. And, you know, we feel like we have the pieces in place, probably, especially for on the defensive side. You know, we're returning pretty much all of our defense goalkeeping. Um, so we're going to be hard to score against. We know that. I think the biggest pieces for us is, you know, where we where we graduated all Americans and up, up front, Maddie Murphy and Ellie Holly. So it's going to be our ability to score goals. Um, but I think if we can do that, uh, you know, yes, we have a we have a great chance to be up in the top of the Big Ten again. And the Big Ten is going to be stacked. Lots of great teams this year. I'm sure that Northwestern game will have a little extra meaning too. <laughs> yes, definitely. And we, we, we always scrimmage Northwestern. So we'll get a little preseason scrimmage with them. Um, but yeah, definitely we'll have, we'll have a lot of extra meaning and, uh, you know, just, I think a lot of emotion behind it too. And then you were mentioning having the defensive returners, obviously a position you're familiar with, with goalie. How valuable is it to have somebody like Grace McGuire back for another season? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, she's, you know, a leader in our backfield, you know, she's had a lot of experience here at Iowa and, you know, she's, she's had a phenomenal season for us. And, you know, we have a, we have a rising, uh, Redshirt freshman Mia Magnata also had a fantastic spring and a fantastic summer with USA field hockey as a goalkeeper as well. So, you know, I think she, she could see some time as well. So it's going to be, you know, I think we do have a, a true goalkeeping edge um, because we know we have two fantastic goalkeepers that can, that can keep us in games. And then um, what about somebody like um, Anton Izel too, where, okay, she doesn't get statistically the same, maybe attention that Grace gets, but still a key part in that defensive effort. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the reigning two-time big 10 defensive player of the year and player of the year. So um, we are just, I don't know what we'll do when Anta graduates because <laughs> she is just a stalwart in our defense. And she really is the key to starting our attack too, with just her distribution. Um, so yes, it, she isn't highlighted, you know, throughout the game, obviously with statistics, but she is such a key piece to, you know, us being able to play the way we want to play um, and how we move the ball forward and just how we defend. So, and she, and she surrounds, by a lot of quality people. Locus Stribos is who will be a fifth year, who's fantastic. Harper Dunn, um, and then some newcomers too that are, are going to be able to add to our defense. Who do you yeah. think could be maybe some of those younger players who could really take that next step this year? Yeah, you know, I think we saw um, Ani Herbine, who is a freshman forward that got some time last year and scored a couple of really nice goals. She had a fantastic spring. Um, JC Whittle, who plays in our midfield, same thing, really got a lot of experience, a lot of time in our spring competitions, um, you know, and then and then we have some 
we have some up, upperclassmen who will just play a much bigger role, Leah, Leah Zellner, Sierra Smith, um, especially up front. So I think it's really exciting. And, and, you know, we can't forget about our midfield. We have some athletes that can run all day, returning All-American Esme Gibson, uh, Sophie Stribo. So we, we're feeling really good about every line that we have. We just have to be able to put it all together. And then postseason-wise, Final four, is that, does this seem like a group? Obviously it's still really early in the fall, but is this the type of group that you think could get back to the final four? Again, I think we have the pieces in place. I mean, we know what it feels like to to get there. We know what it takes to get there. And I, I just said to the team today in our first meeting, it does sound cliche, but we have to focus and stay in the moment. I think there were times last year where, you know, we were getting so much attention, ranked number one, and we were getting a little bit ahead of ourselves and where we need to keep our focus is in practice every day and getting stronger because our schedule's tough and we're going to be really tested, but we have to be super resilient and just be able to really improve each and every day. And I think if we can do that, yeah, we have our, our potential is pretty endless. Well, thanks again, Lisa, for joining me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having us on and hope uh, Hawkeye fans can get out to Grant Field and see this team in action. And Hawkeye fans' first chance will do that, well, to do that, is Friday, September 2nd against Boston University. Absolutely. And thanks again to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, we will talk Hawks later. Mm-hmm.